0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night.
1: My name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today, we welcome Julia Helena Hadas. Julia is the author of the new book, Witchcraft Cocktails, that is being released on September 8th.
0: In today's episode, Julia takes us through her journey from working in metaphysical stores to bartending in California, where she learned to combine her passion for witchcraft with her affinity for cocktails. We discuss the new book, some twists on some classic cocktails, and some magical fall cocktails to enjoy this season.
1: If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us. (laughs)
0: Welcome, everyone. Today, we're talking to Julia, author of Witchcraft Cocktails. We are so excited to be here talking to Julia to learn more about her background. Uh, To get started, we'll have her introduce herself and tell us about how she has blended her passion for witchcraft with bartending.
2: Hi. Yes. Thank you so much, you guys, for having me. Just to reiterate, you've done such a wonderful job with this podcast. I'm really inspired by what you guys have been putting out and you're finding such unique people. I mean, all these stories are just amazing, you know, with coffee and everything like that. It's really rad. I've never realized how much is out there. Um, so as far as me, um, Obviously, I am a magical mixologist with blending the worlds of witchcraft and craft cocktails. I've worked as a bartender for um, a while, I mean, within the last five years I started, and I zoomed through joining the bartender's guilds and working at a distillery and becoming a manager and working as many bartenders do, three jobs at once. (laughs) And um, before that, I actually, you know, worked at a metaphysical store with some people who are now published witchcraft authors. So I've managed to blend the the two worlds together in this little beautiful book put together by Adams Media.
1: So let's get into the metaphysical stuff a little bit, because I'm sure a lot of the listeners are going to be really interested in that, because it really is unique, and it's not something you hear about, um, especially in this field. So tell us a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah. So how this kind of came together, I mean, first came the witchcraft. (laughs) And then when I started bartending, you know, there's this whole craft cocktail movement, especially in the Bay Area. We have so many liqueurs and like fresh ingredients and the craft cocktail movement is just amazing. It's still growing, but obviously it's been kind of um, growing for a while now. And witchcraft, um, expands time and culture so there's a lot of different practices but one facet of witchcraft is people like mixing herbs um due to traditional and sometimes um Herbalism together to create these really unique blends that maybe like are associated with money, right? So like Jasmine, for example, is a flower that is associated with money, but spirituality and love and beauty and all these things. And so they put together these mixtures, um, oftentimes blending herbs and candles and aromatherapy and things that have this Um, either energetic, or if you take a different approach, a symbolic representation of a particular energy or vibration. And so because I knew this from working at a metaphysical store, um, when I started in the craft cocktail world, it was just so natural to me. You're using these syrups, these shrubs, you have this mass amount of liqueurs, like rose liqueurs and things like that, and bitters why not make a cocktail that's like, for example, we have like a blend in the witchcraft shop I worked at um, called the Mystic Dream called Filthy Rich. And it's got these five herbs in it or so and why not put the same herbs as long as they're not toxic into a cocktail. So that's kind of how that came together.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it's very cool to be able to kind of learn as you've gone, obviously, and you've, you've been in the, in the business for a while now and really see it like firsthand, be able to do all that stuff. And the book has such incredible photos. Uh, are these all your cocktails that you've made? Yes. The cocktails. Yes. The photos. No, they hired an amazing (laughs) photographer.
2: They designed this. I am like really impressed, but yeah, the cocktails, um, are, are all mine. I mean, in reality, anyone who's a bartender knows, I mean, alcohol has been around for a long time. It's ancient, and there's so many bartenders across the world. You can't really create a new cocktail. It's just not realistic. But you can create new variations that create a new flavor expression or a new um, intricate design for a cocktail that make it much different. Um, So, yes, I've created these expressions or at least interpreted some witchcraft ideas for a few of the cocktails. Like, a gin Gibson is a pretty traditional cocktail, but going into the meaning of a gin Gibson, and then there's some other cocktails that are specifically matching um, an energy or vibration.
1: And then you spun this into a blog first, right? Tell us I about did.
2: that. Yes. Um, so this is, is kind of a unique journey. Um, when I first got into the bartending world because of my background with witchcraft, um, and I also originally wanted to be an author, ironically enough, in high school. I studied with someone who ran a publishing company and was an editor for authors and got, tried to get an English degree, and then I decided I didn't want to be a teacher, so I minored in it. Um, so when I got into the craft cocktail world, I instantly knew I wanted this to be a book but um that's paraded by a lot of self-doubt when you do something as bizarre as you know mixing cocktails and witchcraft together so i sat with it for a while um got the domain name and then finally i was in a position with um, a manager at one of the bars i worked at and they allowed me to create my own cocktail special so we paired like tarot readings the tarot reader with cocktails of the weekend they're like featuring um a certain ast- astrological energy and this manager of the bar had done a blog herself. And so she's like, why don't you just do a blog? And I was overcomplicating it. And so with her ushering me into that, I actually turned it into a blog to start. Um, so that's how that came together.
1: We can definitely uh, relate to that with the podcast where we were first starting, we <laughs> had all these crazy ideas and start overcomplicating. It. Let's just start putting stuff out there and see how it goes. Yeah, exactly,
2: um, that's, you have gotta start somewhere yeah and figured it out as you go
1: <laughs> when you were doing these specials did the uh who were you working for at the time, and did the theme of the venue kind of relate to the whole witchcraft theme that you were going on
2: yeah so um i mean it's just, it was called bar forty one in oakland it 's no longer around but um it was really cool um the owner, Chris, had this great idea because, I mean, Oakland, Bay Area, we're talking about activism. And so he wanted to create a bar that was really representative of that. So we donated a lot of proceeds to different causes. Um, and, you know, part of that was, you know, witchcraft definitely fit in with that kind of vibe of, you know, activism and, um, ideas that are a little different. And so it fit in naturally kind of with that, you know, hippie Bay area, you know, open-minded vibe. And um, it was kind of cool doing
0: like the pairing with the Tarot readings and stuff. So yeah, that's how, how that came together.
1: And with we're, the... we're,
0: <laughs> we're oh, from yeah. Massachusetts. Have you been up to Salem? Cause that's, I feel like the hot spot around here. <laughs> I know, ironically yeah. enough, I haven't,
2: but um, I I have to go out there after this. <laughs>
0: I don't have an excuse anymore,
2: (laughs) although with the Bay Area and COVID, the situation's a little weird here right now, so I don't know when I'm going to be traveling, but hopefully, hopefully soon.
1: (laughs) Now, with the witchcraft, is this something that you were kind of born and raised into, or did you pick this up later in life?
2: Um... Definitely not raised into, born into, I would say yes, because I honestly was kind of like searching for witchcraft my whole life. Everyone has their own, what we call broom closet story. Um, but my family, like, oh, they, most of the time, they don't even approve of me, some of them now, still bartending, um, let alone the witchcraft part. So that was like, I kind of was searching for witchcraft my whole life. And then when I finally found that like people actually practice this now, I dove into it and then found bartending. So um, I put my way in there, but was not raised into it
0: whatsoever. <laughs> And here you are, a published author. So that's a, that's awesome and a huge accomplishment. So <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun yeah. telling people that I am an author of a book on witchcraft and cocktails. <laughs> like there's <laughs> it's a very eccentric combination. Yes, very cool hybrid. <laughs> um, can you tell us more about the book and what our listeners can expect to get out of it if they, you know, purchase it for themselves? Yes, yes. So um, I tried to pack a bunch into
2: this book. Um But, you know, there's a wide range of what I'm covering with witchcraft and cocktails. You don't really know where people are going to land on the spectrum when they open a book. So I try to include a variety of information on both witchcraft and cocktails. This is just dipping a toe in. You can go into so many more topics and it just expands across cultures. But there's some stuff on, you know, basic witchcraft, um, astrology, crystals to row. And then obviously the craft cocktails some bartending tips and tricks from Know an actual bartender. Like my favorite trick, which do safely if you do this, but is like expressing appeal over a match because there's the natural oils and appeal of a citrus, and you squeeze it over a match, and this creates this fun flame that always entertained um, my bar guests. So there's like cocktail tricks like that, shrubs, syrups, infusions, and there's a variety of recipes from more beginner, basic stuff like covering things, like just a teeny twist on a tequila sunrise, and what are the Um, traditional witchcraft associations of that based off of the ingredients, based off of what tequila and orange juice represent, or what they're made out of. Um, And there's some more advanced things too, to try and cover a variety of topics, so everyone can kind of find something, or use it as inspiration to create something of their own.
1: And in becoming an author, did you really enjoy the process of writing? Is this your first book, I'm assuming? Yes. Yep. So do you plan on more coming down the pipeline? I
2: do. We'll see what happens. I mean, that's part of, you know, working with a publisher and seeing what they think. Um, I'm curious to see what the reaction will be. And, you know, I mean, I definitely have ideas on where to go from here, but, you know, seeing what everyone else is interested in. The process, I had a very short deadline with this. So this was like a (laughs) stress-induced... I mean, I already had the, some of the cocktails from when I was a bartender and stuff and I had all the ideas, but, um, I basically, you know, when it came to the holidays and everything, I had, you know, basically a month and a half to write it. So (laughs) it was very quick, but I plan to have a lot more time in the future to write something a little more extensive. So,
0: and what are some of your favorite cocktails for yourself when you're just relaxing at home?
2: Ooh, okay. Well, one thing is I'm, I'm Polish. So my family is from Poland. I have dual citizenship. So vodka is a go-to. It's probably why I worked in a vodka distillery. It's a very natural fit. Um, I also personally love tequila. It just has, I mean, I know a lot of people stray away from tequila, but um, it, it just gives me energy, you know? So <laughs> tequila is a personal favorite. I'm um, going out to a bar. It will usually actually just be a tequila on the rocks, but in terms of cocktails... My Yule Mule from the book I really love. It has an Earl Grey ginger syrup um, and tequila sunrise is also another natural one because of the tequila and stuff in Manhattan. I mean, I like to drink a little bit of everything, to be honest.
1: <laughs> and with tequila, where do you stand? Um, what variety do you like best when it comes to Blanco, Reposado, and Anejo?
2: For some reason, I don't really tend to like reposados. I'm not quite sure why. So it's either I'm on the Blanco or um, Añejo side um, for those two. I don't know why the reposados tend to not just stick with me as well, but it's either usually Blanco or Añejo. Great. Yeah, we uh, are
0: Paul, my fiance, and I love the like spicy margaritas and like all the different flavored tequilas. Yes, uh, we're not very, you know, we're not very out there when it comes to the flavors that we're drinking, but they're so good.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's and there's a lot out there, and tequila is especially an interesting subject. So I think you guys had a podcast, or no, you had a podcast about rum, not necessarily tequila quite yet, but
1: we yeah. no, so we do have a tequila one coming out. You can stay tuned for oh. it. Bianca enjoying the spicy oh. margaritas. Have you heard of um? ghost tequila
2: i have yes yep. i've seen you guys post them on your feed that's
1: where yep. i heard yes. of
0: them so, so ghost go. is <laughs> on
1: yep they'll be here they're ghost pepper infused tequila so it's got what? that ghost pepper heat without being like uh, offensively spicy. and I mean, yes. it's very good
0: it's like the perfect spice yep oh i can't wait i'm gonna have to try that i can't wait to hear what you guys <laughs> say on the podcast about that you'll have to make a cocktail with it and let us know Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> My mixologist skills are no good. <laughs> oh, you just got to get a little creative. That's all. Well, now that I have the book, I can follow your <laughs> recipes.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Cause like when it comes to cocktails, being a bartender, everyone's flavor palette is so different, you know? And so you've really just got to vary it according to what you like best.
1: So as a bartender, someone comes in and they want to order a cocktail from you, What's your process if they don't know what they want? If they come and ask you, hey, what do you recommend? What, do you, what kind of journey do you take them through and figuring out what they might like so you can craft the perfect cocktail for them?
2: That's a good question. So the main thing is asking them what flavors they like. I think um, one of the interesting thing is being a bartender is a really fun experience and a very intricate one. Um, the journey of making virgin cocktails is a very unique one because that's one where it primarily relies on the ingredients and flavor you put in. And so through trying to create good virgin cocktails for people or mocktails, the kind of the same thing is the same technique I use with helping guide people in terms of what cocktail they want is asking them what flavors they like, um, what base alcohol, obviously because people are very opinionated about like whether gin, tequila or bourbon. Um, and based off of that, uh, my favorite thing was to either make someone a custom cocktail on the spot or suggest, you know, maybe you would like a Moscow Mule. although most people know they would like a Moscow Mule if they want that. So it's a hard
1: one <laughs> not to like.
0: Yeah, it's a good one. And for someone who's very new to the process of witchcraft, and you have your um, tips and your, your thoughts in the book with the cocktails, how would you suggest somebody actually goes about starting to learn on their own if there's somebody who is not, you know, in a circle already of people who are familiar?
2: Yeah. So that's the wonderful thing about the modern era is anything is possible. So if you can look up, like how I started is I rented books from the library from community library, ironically enough. Um, But you, I mean, that was years ago. So nowadays, podcasts, YouTube, I mean, obviously you're going to want to look across various sources because everyone has their own interpretation, but... When it comes, like the reason why I love witchcraft and why people are drawn to it is it's empowering. And part of empowering is finding what works for you and what you like best. So look across various sources, look up podcasts, YouTube, you know, get started. Um, My beginning book that I loved the best was Wicca for Beginners by Thea Sabin. Now, I'm not Wiccan, but she lays out a lot of the basic kind of energy beliefs around witchcraft Um, but there's so many different beliefs out there so it's kind of hard to nail it down but that's a good starting point is you know youtube it that's my belief about everything nowadays
0: everything's (laughs) on youtube so (laughs) definitely makes things easier (laughs) and that kind
1: of leads me into another question that i wanted to ask with the witchcraft does that tend to be regional and i know you just mentioned the Wicca. so can you tell us a little bit about i guess the whole spectrum of that where they where it originated what the different sort of varieties are
2: Yes, so that is a very complex topic, and I do have a degree in anthropology, so there's two different areas of which I approach it. Now, Wicca specifically, and these might get into like a little more controversial topics. Um, Wicca is a religion. So, Wicca, there's a, like eclectic Wicca, and it just everyone creates their own variation, but Wicca has a specific idea about a god and goddess as well as other things, and it really varies. I mean, there's so many variations just like cocktails, so there's so many different variations of a Moscow mule. Um, but so witchcraft is a practice, which is different. And um, particularly in anthropology, the approach with witchcraft is it would typically be someone who may be in different subset or um, different cultures would be someone who is rejected because they believe that they have caused harm on a community. At the same time, witchcraft would often be utilized if there is a circumstance where like if they're going out to sea to fish and there is an opportunity that someone, or possibility someone might not come back, they would use witchcraft or different folk practices in those situations to guarantee things in a certain favor. So that way someone would come home safely or something like that. Um, so a lot of these practices, there's as many practices or more as there are cultures um, in the world. So it's hard to pinpoint it, but that's kind of why it's a practice. You know, it's like meditate. Well, not like it's different than meditation, but the idea is that there's a different Um, approach to it. So it's, it's kind of hard to answer that. There's a lot, like there's the fairy tradition of witchcraft, um, lots of different Wicca traditions, like there's the Dianic witchcraft, um, Wicca tradition,
0: sacred fires, there's just so many. So, (laughs) yeah. And you have a whole section of fall cocktails. So I'm looking at this because It is now September, and this will be going live in September with your book, which is also being released in September. So what is more convenient than a whole section on fall cocktails um, and some of them look incredible? Which of the fall cocktails should we start with? Because I am definitely going to make one. (laughs) Let me look here. I have a
2: few favorites. Um, So obviously you don't have time to make a shrub probably but if you can make a shrub the um, fiery Mabon cocktail is really good it actually has scotch in it and people are very opinionated about scotch but if you try this scotch cocktail Even people who may not like the smoky flavor as much, it's kind of like a nice introductory cocktail. Um, The Witch's Cosmo is a nice good one. It's obviously, I mean, witchcraft. These are a little more herbally in nature, but you can vary that. That's a good one. It has like a rosemary saffron syrup um, in it and a little less orange liqueur in the Witch's Cosmo to kind of make it this more, it's just I really like that one a lot, um, and I think I really like the prosperous pumpkin. That was um, back when I was a manager and had a Halloween party, and I was like, I need to make a pumpkin spice cocktail. I was actually a shooter, and obviously this varies a very different off of that, but I had to throw in a little pumpkin spice cocktail. So the pumpkin
0: uh, prosperous pumpkin is a fun one. I mean, anything with whipped cream is better anyway, too. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
2: Most of the time, I just get. Uh, do the whipped cream on the drink just to have it by itself
1: so. <laughs> it's definitely become the season of pumpkin spice so yeah, right. <laughs> when it comes to stocking a home bar for a person that's not you know doesn't have access to all the ingredients and everything yes. in a bar what would you recommend some staples be that people get for their own home
2: Yeah, that's a really complicated thing because that's part of the reason in the book I was looking at this. I can't include like so many different types of liqueurs and liquors that no one's going to own these, right? So um, I try to, in the book, like stick to a few repeating ingredients, then people can switch them out as desired. Um, Primarily, I mean, obviously tequila, gin, bourbon, or I'm I'm more pro-bourbon than I am, you know, just plain whiskey. I love bourbon. Um, so the basic, you know, things like that. Orange liqueur is an essential. So Triple Sec, Cointreau, Grand Marnier. Um, definitely need some bitters. Um, you might make fun of me for this, but I, my family is Polish, so I have very interesting pronunciations of things. So I think it's called... I've been pronouncing it ignostura bitters for the longest time. And everyone always looked at me strangely. And I think it's because no one else knew how to pronounce it. And then I was writing it in my book and I was like, it's called Angostura bitters. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was really embarrassed like thing to learn. I'd have been mispronouncing it for years. Um, and I probably still am mispronouncing it. So definitely need to get a pair of those bitters. A lot of things you can create yourself. Um, So you can try and look up how to make violet liqueur, but obviously you would need violets for that. So take that into account, but definitely basics like gin, vodka, tequila, and probably, I know I'm forgetting, rum. There's so many different types of each one. It gets really complicated and nuanced, but you gotta start from the basics and you can add more per, per your flavor preferences.
0: I also love that you include the energies with each of the cocktails that that cocktail then, you know, emanates. Would you, so do you, when you actually are making something for yourself, do you kind of decide that way? Or are you more like, you know, if this would feel like drinking or is it more like, what do I feel like feeling right now? Yeah, it's a combination of things. So if I'm out at a
2: bar because I love bartending, I will try and try more unique things that that bar offers just for flavor to see what they do Um, but as far as like when i'm in the kitchen myself there's a lot of different things so sometimes it'll be like what energy do i want to do so if i did a giveaway recently i participated in one and I am creating like a custom cocktail for that person based off of the energy they want, and putting together a like a aligned spell or like a ritual for that. So you can approach it that way. Sometimes we'll look at astrological events, so like a moon in Pisces. Or um, and when I was bartending, I created one that was like the specific trine with um, Jupiter, Neptune. Oh, I can't forget the. I think of another planet and creating a cocktail, looking at all of the associations for those signs and planets. Um, and then also like, you know, summer solstice, winter solstice, there's a lot of like historical use, like for example, in the winter solstice, um, one of the cocktails I have for that is the witch's offering, which comes from—it's like basically kind of a spiked cider, although that's very uncomplicated way to say that. But it comes from years of of practice of um, offering, you know, spiked ciders to you know the trees to guarantee a good apple harvest for the following year and stuff. So there's a lot of different ways to approach it. It's a little bit of everything because every ingredient can have a lot of different energetic applications that's why i included the energies in it that way it kind of shows like okay it's yes it's aligned towards this but if you want to give it more of this focus you can if that makes sense that was very vague description
0: (laughs) no i think that makes a lot of sense
1: So the book, is it available online everywhere? Can people find it in stores? Where are you planning on uh, people getting their hands on the book?
2: Well, I'm lucky enough that um, my, my publisher, Adams Media, who's absolutely wonderful, um, they're a subset of Simon & Schuster's, so you can pretty much get this book. I mean, order it online everywhere, especially with COVID, probably better, too. Order it online, um, but I hopefully your local witchcraft store to you know support the small, smaller owned businesses as well. But yeah, you know Barnes and Noble, Amazon,
0: um, and there's a variety of other other locations as well. And the book official release date, I believe, is the day that this podcast is going live, right, Nick?
1: Yep, September eighth.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're very excited, and we will include the link to purchase the book officially in that um in the description so in the description of this podcast all of our listeners you can head to the description and hit the link to purchase we will also put a link to your blog because you have some incredible looking cocktails and recipes on there as well
2: yes i love beer cocktail there's a good beer cocktail on there too also in the book but
1: (laughs) Tell tell us a little bit more about that one because i'm a huge beer guy and i never really see beer cocktails
2: Oh, I love, they're the most fascinating thing. I mean, I have a wine cocktail in the book too. I tried to cover as many because there's just like limitless what you can do, but beer cocktails are lovely. I mean, obviously it is a very unique thing to play with because it can go very wrong (laughs) or sour if you like puns, but, um, you know, when you get a good beer cocktail, it's good. And so basically like lagers or pilsners, you can do, um, a darker beer too, if you wanted, but, um, there's like, oh, what's the one on my blog? I'd have to pull it up and look at, but it has like ginger. Um, it has bourbon and apple brandy and I think lemon too. And then obviously, I mean, I, I, I throw in a lot of things into a cocktail so people can improvise, but if you don't have any ingredients ever, if I have like a fancy syrup, just do a simple syrup. You can buy it from the store. It doesn't need to be complicated, but I have an orange, um, saffron syrup and, um, just putting a little bit of um a Belgian beer on top and it's just beer cocktails are a lot of fun. When they're good, they are good.
1: It's definitely something <laughs> I'm gonna have to experiment with. Yes, and before I found you it.
2: go <laughs> Oh you did? Okay. I was it like is. <laughs> And just said it to there. <laughs> yeah. And my friend or she, I think it's actually maybe a chamomile orange syrup. Um, She threw in some cloves into the syrup. I didn't do that cool. just because cloves are tend to be more associated with winter, but um, throw in some cloves into that syrup if you can. And it can be real yeah. simple. Like when you're behind the bar, you have to learn how to do things quickly and uncomplicated. So like sometimes they'll like say like, oh, do this over the stovetop literally because I'm a very I mean, I've, I do things very quickly and my mind's all over the place. So I literally just set an electric tea kettle and measure out the water and pour it over the ingredients. So it's kind of like a tea and then throw in the same amount of sugar. And it's really as simple as that. So do the syrup if you can.
0: <laughs> yeah, the apple brandy, lemon, and beer mix sounds honestly pretty good. I'm now really, really curious. Yeah, so I'm it's it. a fun <laughs> cocktail. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and where can our listeners find you online and on social media?
2: Perfect. So the best thing to do is go to witchcraftcocktails.com. I lucked out. I bought the domain. A second, I had the idea, but um, go there and it has links to all the social media. Um, and yeah, that's probably the best place to start to find me. Got links to Facebook and Instagram on there.
1: Awesome. And where can people online find the most, where do you put the most stuff? Is it Instagram so you can put out pictures of your cocktails or where are you the most active?
2: this is a learning process. It's definitely Instagram. Um, at right now, the hashtag is at witchcraft cocktail because someone, if you guys ever try and make Instagram names, I'm sure you know this, everyone out there like reserves a name and they have an inactive account. So <laughs> some, I made this account like years ago. Someone already had witchcraft cocktails and they still have like two followers and the account's private. And I'm just, <laughs> I wasn't able to score the witchcraft cocktails, um, Instagram name. So it's at Witchcraft Cocktail for now.
1: (laughs) Great. Awesome. We had such a good time talking to you tonight. We look forward to, I look forward to getting my hands in the book.
0: And yeah. we're yeah. excited to try some of these cocktails. Please do.
2: <laughs> and let me know what you think. You know, um, like I said, everyone has different flavor profiles. So make it fun, make it you, improvise, and tell me how it goes, please.
0: <laughs> yes, you'll see us tagging you on social. Yay! So. I love it. Yep.
2: Thank you so much, you guys. You're absolutely fabulous. And I love what you're doing, highlighting all these people. It's a lot of fun to learn from what you're putting out.
1: Thank you. And Thank we'll be you. sure to keep more coming. Cheers. Cheers. Yes,
2: cheers. Nostrovia
0: to follow us on social at uncorked corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content
1: and if you enjoy the show don't forget to leave a comment subscribe rate and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer thanks for listening